0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, fans of actual co-hosts of podcasts. We're back, episode number 38, with your actual host, Sugar Snags, baby. We're back for another episode with the boys this fortnight. We are down one member again. It's a common trend. The boys are dropping like flies quicker than quicker than I don't know what, but it sounded like a great thing when I thought of it. So I'm going to throw over to the producer himself, who might have something more witty than me. I would doubt it, but uh, producer DL, how are we?
1: snags I could never match your wit but I'm good mate feels good to be back with the boys and like you said we are missing one so we are kind of back with the boys uh stony has let fame go to his head after one episode hosting without us you now he's too
0: good for the boys yeah needs a week off the podcast after needs a week. All that pressure that we build up on in the other fortnight
1: he needs a week off that boy now stony's had a big week he's uh sold his house and they've moved away he's just getting settled in and we thought we'd uh just give him that little time just to, to re-acclimatise to his new surroundings.
0: Look what happens, mate. You become an award-winning podcast co-host and he's just bought a multi-million dollar mansion <laughs> on the east coast of Victoria, here. Is that correct? Can you confirm? Oh, he's
1: loving it. I think that's 100% correct. We probably won't see him back in the show. He'll be in his multi-million dollar studio soon. But anyway, best of luck to you, Stoney. uh, We've got his pics and everything, so they won't go astray. They'll come through. It was a bit weird last week, the the last episode, producing and editing the podcast from afar. did it from a camper van, Snags.
0: Mate, that trip that you showed me was absolutely delicious. What I was actually... Rather furious about was how much the boys got into Snags last fortnight because it seems like they got into him a fair bit. And if they don't know, mate, Snags is the resident four-strike white belt on this podcast, and I will not take it anymore.
1: Oh boy, Zaki uh, jumped on the podcast all the way from Santa Barbara in the states. Man, I'm ready to he, throw it
0: down. White belt challenges <laughs> taken out. If I ever go to the states, boys, Snags. He is was rolling. confident.
1: He was confident. But anyway, uh, before we get into the podcast, we better introduce. The third member and previous host of the podcast, Statman. Statman, how are you going? I'm doing well. I'm doing
2: well, boys. I won't. I won't lie and say that I'm not glad to um, have the hosting duties off my shoulders. I can focus, get laser focused in on my picks again, so I can finally beat Stony.
0: Do you know the my favorite part of last podcast? What was that, man? Was your intro when you tried to be three people at once? <laughs> what? You sounded you like a, a version of yourself slash the producer oh, yeah, slash yeah. me.
2: Yeah, I was I was like, How does snags do this? It, like we get the benefit of seeing you do it like six or seven times each each time we record one. So <laughs> I had a fair bit like we've only been in thirty eight episodes, but I've heard you do it like eighty or ninety times. So um
0: Thanks Tom for to perfect his voice, baby.
2: <laughs> it was good. It was it was good. Um I, I've obviously learnt from listening to you boys, so um, but I think I think the audience will be glad to have you back.
0: Oh, mate, you, you passed with fine colours last week, Statman, so well done. Props from the boys. Boys, we
1: might take that moment to just jump into the podcast and start with Story Times with Snags.
0: Boys, welcome back. I know this segment was feasibly missed last fortnight, and uh, listeners were riding it in, in droves. It was like Prohibition in the 19, whatever it was, it was in. but uh, <laughs> people wanted it back and they wanted it back quickly. So. So what we're gonna do this week, DL, we're gonna give the listeners four letters to the alphabet, uh, to the new book. Snags looking to uh, take out the uh, Melbourne Times bestsellers. I don't know if that's a thing, if it was. Should be. So boys, we're gonna we're gonna roll through as per usual, we're up to letter D. So I'll just quickly recap everyone. We had A for Anaconda Choke, B for Barambolo, and uh, C for our boy Charles Sunnen. So we're up to up to letter D and we'll um, we'll throw it around the grounds again, see if the boys can guess what Snags is feeling. DL, hit me.
1: Well, I think this is an obvious one, so I'm going to try it. Dana White.
0: Well, obvious would not be Snags's forte, so that is incorrect. <laughs> Thank you for your try, Snapman.
2: <laughs> I w- I went pretty obvious too. Diaz
0: brothers. Oh, Diaz brothers, very obvious. Also, it? Snags doesn't go obvious, so incorrect again. You boys <laughs> are zero for zero. I've gone Dennerher. That's my right. John yep. Dennerher, yep. the one and yep. only. Why would <laughs> you ignore fifty percent right. of the body? Yeah, it makes sense now, doesn't it, Snapman?
2: Yep yep, uh, I believe GSP's BJJ
0: coach. Oh, man, everyone's BJJ coach. How successful <laughs> this gentleman is, but yes, correct. Okay, well, boys, off that first one and the previous three, you've probably stated now that you shouldn't go the obvious. You should go the <laughs> out there, but not arena. That would probably one not to go again. Uh, so we're going to go to the letter E. Uh, we might throw a stat man first on this one.
2: Um, I've gone Ezekiel Choke.
0: Oh, very boring Ooh. of you. Thank you very much. Oh for your mate, first, thanks for your try, but one day you'll get one right. Uh, DL elbows. Sorry, <laughs> elbows, elbows. Yeah, El- throw an elbow. Oh, mate, I know what an elbow is because I'm, I'm disgusted <laughs> in your obvious pick. Got Eddie Bravo boys BJJ theme tonight. So is this is this is
2: this the ABC of MMA or is this the oh, ABC jiu-jitsu. of BJJ?
0: I'm sorry, are you my uh, ghostwriter or okay. are you a participant in this segment? Well, you we might partic- need to be.
1: I'm a participant, I'm sorry. Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> you need to sit down and be quiet, mate. <laughs> okay, we're going to roll into the letter F. Surely you boys will get this one. This one's fairly obvious in Snags' book. So, uh, Dio, we'll you. you. Uh,
1: can I skip the first part of the move? Yeah. And call it a flu choke. <laughs> <laughs> <Born> flu choke. <laughs>
0: Too, but I thought you were actually going to get it right when you said that, to be honest, <laughs> when you said, can I skip the first bit? But no, that's firmly incorrect. Uh, oh, God, Statman, hit me. Give me something.
2: Fedor Emelianenko.
0: Oh, yes, also again, I don't know why I ask you anymore because you'll never get them right. But um, boys, we've gone the same presence as D.L. in terms of skipping the first thing in this But We're going fuss. That's right. No fuss, Keith Peterson, baby. Oh, okay. He's going in the book at number F. Number F, letter F, sorry. Snags needs to get his one, two, threes out after this as well. This, this book's, Radio, this boys. Book's what, did you not think no fast Keith Peterson would be in this? No. I,
2: w- I, would, I would think that maybe he's under N for no or no, a, P a, for Peterson. There's or. a doozy
0: coming for N, mate. You need to wait for that one. Radio, last chance for the night, boys. If anyone gets this, you get a six-pack on Snags, okay? Going for the letter G. DL. Hit me with the right answer, please.
1: Goat. Sorry? Goat,
0: like goat, a, the goat, like a farm animal, <laughs> <Silly> <laughs> like the greatest deal. of all time. <laughs> no, 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 yeah, press your own button because <laughs> that's firmly incorrect again. Goat, probably not old MacDonald farm, mate. <laughs> uh, Statman, hit me with the right answer so I can send you a six-pack of your one-liter beers that you drink every weekend.
2: Gracie Jiu-Jitsu. Oh,
0: wow, that was super, Statman. I would just like to say. Well done Yeah Congratulations Thank you On being incorrect again Because I was firmly wrong ran, ran. What was it? <laughs> uh, it was another jujitsu move Go go platter, boys Yeah it's a good one oh, Yeah, yeah That's go. pretty obvious actually So uh, boys Zero from zero For all, all you two All you two Both of you two I'm sure Stony would have Got got them all wrong as well And uh, <laughs> you boys basically Picked like snags <laughs> Picks every fight Just got it incorrect So uh, we're up to letter G Moving on next week
2: Sorry I didn't pick Fuss Fuss Peterson
0: No, I'm sorry you didn't pick fuss Because that was a very obvious one in our books Considering how much we talk about no fuss, Keith Peterson I'm actually disappointed in you Not angry, just disappointed And on that note, story time with Snags, baby Welcome back this fortnight See you again next one
1: That was brilliant, Snags Let's jump into Hot Take As COVID cases are set to explode in the US after Thanksgiving, are we going to see more cards fall flat? And what can the USC do to keep their aggressive push for events moving?
0: Uh, I think we'll continue to see uh, the fallout effect of the COVID-19 pandemic in the US. I think we'll have some similar things to what we've had previously with some cards fall flat. And I hope that – I don't know what they do about it, to be honest, because nothing's really getting done over there to kind of protect it. So – I guess they're going to roll with the punches, but snags has got no answer to this one, boys.
2: I Yeah, I'm, I'm completely in agreement there. I reckon that this, uh, at least in the US, it's going to continue to affect especially um, a sport that, has, that pulls people from all around the world and especially in the US from all corners of the US. I think we'll probably see Fight Island utilized moving forward, but I do definitely think that we're going to see fight after fight, main event after main event fall flat.
1: Let's jump to the listeners. 85% said yes, 15% said no. So there's a couple out there that um, think there's not going to be too much of an issue.
0: Yeah. I actually uh, forgot to mention that the aggressive push should be yes, Fight Island in Tasmania, boys, as I keep projecting to the listeners. Don't know why. Hold it at you boy. <laughs>
1: Figurito is now set to headline back-to-back pay-per-view cards. Does this now secure the flightweight division for the foreseeable future in the UFC?
0: Uh, For the foreseeable, yes, but I think we need a lot more depth in that division, to be honest, to to secure it. I don't know if they'll give it up and give it up quickly, but I'd like to see a depth of fighters and challenges, I guess, come through so we can uh, see that division live on and live strong.
2: Do you think that this is probably a double-edged sword for the flyweight division? Figueroa is a shot in the arm. He's really, really exciting fighter. Twice back-to-back pay-per-view cards with a very, very thin division does run the risk of running through viable contenders very quickly. And then, what's Figueroa going to do? He's going to move up the division, and the and the flyweight division will be left rudderless once more.
1: Listeners thought the same, 75% say yes foreseeable future, 25% said no. Mike Tyson and Roy Jones Jr. fought a draw on the weekend. With the contest being more competitive and athletic than many assumed, would you like to see either of these two gentlemen compete again inside a ring?
0: uh boys i would say no from snags um good to see the boys back in there good to see them safe after the fight um it was a nice little show to put on would have been much better obviously if it wasn't covid and we could have jam-packed the stadium for the boys is what it is they've they done what they've done and are happy f- to let the boys ride off in the sunset and if mike Tyson had to fight anyone wouldn't it be sugar snags because he would still carry this <laughs> bad boy in 10 seconds flat
2: i think um Mike Tyson, in particular, out of the two men, definitely surprised me with his um, with his uh, athleticism. He's been retired for nearly fifteen years now. In in saying that, the fight definitely scratched whatever itch I had to see either of these two guys fight again. Um, hopefully, they made a bit of bank and they
1: can they can move on. Yeah, I think I saw a post uh, ten million dollars for Beautiful. Tyson, about three million dollars for Jones. Uh, jones was I it mean
2: that, that's fair roy jones jr has been fighting relatively recently i think he, he was fighting every year up until about 2018 um mike tyson he, he retired in 2004 or 2005 so getting tyson back in the in the in the ring in the cage was, yeah i know Man, that'd, yeah, that'd, be, cool. that'd be amazing
0: hey, was it true that there was um no judges
2: Uh, Not no judges. It wasn't officially licensed by the uh, California State Athletic Commission. So it wasn't an official bout. It was an exhibition bout. So the judges were celebrity judges and it's not going on either of their records.
0: Copy
1: that. Because they were too old. Listeners were pretty strong on this. 85% said no. Yeah. Bit of a weird one, boys, and I'm not sure if you're both across this, but recently a place dear to our heart, our small bat hearts, is Russia. They host an MMA fight on the weekend with a 529-pound man, that's 240 kilos, versus a 139-pound, 63-kilo bantamweight female, who, by the way, won with a first-round TKO. Maybe not at this level, but would you like to see more open-level fights in top-level promotions?
0: Um, I saw the highlights for this bad boy. I was rather impressed, to be honest, but that man's cardio not very <laughs> great. And I can't believe he didn't take it down when he had it up against the cage as well. So firm no from Snags. I love the sport as it is. I love it as uh, in divisions. Um, the only reason I'd be open to seeing, I guess, some open weight stuff if it was two, two champions going at each other for a special attraction event. But, uh, yes, that's it from Sugar Snags, boys.
2: I think open weight has its place. I think this is obviously a ridiculous, extreme example, but those kind of freak show fights are always going to draw a crowd. I'm not sure if you guys caught it, but Fight Circus 2 was uh, took place on November 21st, and it had such fights as three average people against a massive heavyweight pro boxer, um, leg kicks only, spinning strikes only, Two lightweight professionals against a large heavyweight average Joe, a weight Muay Thai fighter versus a heavyweight kickboxer, just a bunch of really really weird cross promotion fights. It was an absolute freak show, and it was actually fantastically entertaining. Um, I love
0: the freak shows, you creep. Yeah,
2: <laughs> it was. Uh, but I, a two hundred and forty kilogram man fighting a sixty three kilogram woman. Oh, I don't know if that's necessarily something that needs to take place on the regular.
0: We've nearly seen that in front of Colonial. I think I think the guy got the win <laughs> on that one there. Yeah, we did see that out front of Colonial. <laughs> it
1: was pretty split on the listeners. So 42% said yes and 58% said no. So there is an interest for at least open weight bouts, maybe not 240 kilos versus 63. Boys, special version of Hot Take today. We have our listeners question. Love your work, boys. Keep it up. This is Brad here,
2: and I wanted to ask you about Figueiredo, and I want to know what you think is going to happen with him. Will he defend the 25, 125 title? Is there any chance Henry Cejudo comes comes back and fights him, or does he have to go upperweight class, win the 135 title to lure Henry Cejudo in then? How do you see it happening? And if it does occur, what are the keys to victory for each of them, and who do you guys think gets the dub? Cheers, boys.
0: Snags' head has exploded at the range of questions (laughs) that's just come at him. I don't know if my four-stripe white belt can uh, elude me to answer it, but I'll try my best. Do I think he would be able to tempt Cejudo back at flyweight? No. Um, If he went up a division, I definitely think that could be considered if he was a double champ um, for Cejudo to come back and uh, have that fight, a bit of a super fight. Wouldn't be a bad one to watch. But I think uh, in terms of who gets it done, um, I think Cejudo would still reign supreme, um, the king of the cringe. From my from my backing, would uh, get the W and get the belts back and then retire immediately, um, and go back to his uh, illustrious career of whatever he's doing now. <laughs> I do,
2: yeah. I, I think I think it probably depends on on when the fight takes place. Give it another year. Give it another two years. Um, we're we're running on 18, 24 months of Henry Cejudo sitting on the sideline. I think that would be very very interesting especially if Figueroa does say, stay as active as he has been we know Figueredo's scrambles are no joke, we know that his power is no joke um, if Mighty Mouse can TKO Henry Cejudo maybe Figueroa can do it as well and speaking of Mighty Mouse, I reckon that is the fight that I would prefer to see, I would love to see a Mighty Mouse versus Figueroa fight at flyweight I think Fly, uh, Henry Cejudo's flyweight days are well and truly done. Um, I do think we do see him back in the UFC octagon. And I do think that Figueredo is probably the guy who can tempt him back, but it'd be at band weight for sure.
1: Yeah. I think it's always going to be half for Cejudo now with that wrestling body that he has. Yeah. Um, I think you can only go back to flyweight so many times. Yeah. And it's going to be get harder and harder. And we had the fight dietitian on the podcast Quite a while ago now, and he he talked about Henry Cejudo and how hard it must be for his cut. When you get to that point where you have to do repeat flyweight cuts, he would get into a point where he would be nailing it. And then after that, once he has to change divisions, it's always going to be hard to drop back down. Not just uh, Cejudo, but probably any fighter for that matter. And look, if he does come back in a perfect world, um, everything lines up. I think you'd want to wait for them to be a crowd. I think that would be a really hyped-up event, a real headline event. One of the big things Cejudo left the game for was, one, he felt like he'd accomplished everything, but two, he probably felt like he was worth a little bit more than what he was getting. And the only way to get that in UFC at the moment is to pull a crowd and to pull pay-per-view numbers. Um, Yes, the pay-per-view numbers are probably there for big fights at the moment, but the crowd's not there, and that gate is super important as well for a card. So for me, I would love to see it. And currently at flyweight, if Cejudo dropped to flyweight now, I think Figueroa would beat him if it's his current form.
2: I was just going to say, speaking on Henry Cejudo and retiring, he retired after his dominant Cruz fight. And by Monday morning, he was removed from the pound-for-pound pound list. His title had been stripped and everything like that. Do we want to talk about maybe... The, the level of disrespect that Henry Cejudo faced compared to, say, a Khabib, where he's still he still got the title, the title hasn't been vacated, despite his repeated, consistent declarations that he's never coming back. Henry Cejudo was talking about possibly maybe one day coming back in the post-fight press conference, and that didn't stop his title being stripped off him. And then Nurmagomedov's out there saying like a month, a month and a half later saying, He has no plans to ever come back. He's just bought a a a MMA promotion in Russia to raise the next level of um of 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 MMA fighters in that region. But he's still got his title. He's still got his pound for pound rating. And obviously Dana White is desperate to get him back in. Yeah, boys, that was hot take. It was good.
1: We might go into a results update. Now, coming down to the business end of the podcast for the year, we're just about ready to crown our champion. Let's run through some results from the last card that we did tips on, which was UFC 255, Statman. Perfect.
2: So in the light-heavyweight division, we had Paul Craig defeated Shogun Hua by TKO in the second round. Caitlin Chukagin defeated Cynthia Calvillo by decision. Tim Means defeated Mike Perry by decision. Valentina Shevchenko defended her flyweight championship by defeating Jennifer Meyer by decision. And Davison Figueredo defended his flyweight title by defeating Alex Perez by submission
1: guillotine choke in the very first round. So it's still tied at the top, but we'll start from the bottom. Unfortunately, Snags. Boys, how are we? Good, mate. Good. I'm um, uh, looking
0: to, to see if any of the boys would <laughs> like to trade any first round picks for anything, <laughs> considering my season is over.
1: So Snags got two on the night uh, for that card. So he's That's on 61. That's not bad for Snags. He's usually zero. Well, the last two cards, he had two donuts. Do you so guys want to
0: go back to a hot take and ask about the disrespect of sahuda or the disrespect <laughs> of Snags, <laughs> no, right? No,
1: mate. I was saying you're doing a good job. Keep it up.
0: Yeah, you're improving. Next time I see you, step <laughs> man, let it G, mate.
1: <laughs> go her <go> platter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I finished with three for UFC 255 and 71. So there's now a 10 point gap between third and fourth. Um, so I'm pretty confident I've secured that third spot. And Statman and Stony one apart. So Statman got four on the night, and also Stony got four for UFC 255, which makes Stony still a leader. And he has no right of reply because he is not here today. Statman, what would he say if uh, <laughs> he was on the podcast today? I think
2: first and foremost, he'd probably thank me for like bringing out the best in him. Um, the challenge, like me nipping at his heels, uh, just keeps him like on his toes, making sure <laughs> that he's working his way to be the best he is. He's, I think, there's a little bit of fear—the fear of me overtaking him. Uh, which drives him to such great success. Um, he knows obviously that I'm trending in an in upward fashion that I'm probably going to overtake him in the next couple of events. So he'd probably be use this opportunity as like one of the last podcasts of the year to like thank the crowd for continually supporting him, thank the audience for listening into his breaking news, uh, and then obviously just to kind of pass the baton over to me and and thank me for just being a worthy challenger and the rightful runner back champion.
0: Yeah, I think that's exactly I what think that's
2: saying. how he would go. At,
0: you know? <laughs> <laughs> I zoned out very early in that piece then. <laughs> All I remember is last time you were in the lead, you panicking and just giving yeah. up the lead very quickly. Yeah, you had
1: it for one week. That one week. event. <laughs> Broke the
2: streak though, didn't I?
1: Nice. Well, we might jump into some predictions.
2: Perfect. So actually before we get in, we're actually picking six fights. We're picking the main card for UFC 256, but before that, there is a UFC on ESPN, UFC Vegas 16, and hot off the press, there's actually been some COVID-related shuffling to the main event. The main event now is a middleweight fight between Jack Homanson and Marvin Vittori. Given that this is a late replacement fight due to COVID, I thought it'd be interesting. Both of these fighters have been significantly disadvantaged by COVID this year. This is actually Marvin's sixth fight scheduled for 2020 and Jack's fifth fight scheduled for 2020. Both fighters have only successfully managed to have one fight this year. If that does not tell you just how messed up this year has been. Obviously Stony would normally go first. Did you did you want to chuck his picks out now, DL, or did you want me to go first?
1: I reckon we might yeah, let's let's keep the order right. So he has gone Ooh, so he's gone Hermanson yep. to win by sub in the third round. Perfect. Yeah. So
2: I've actually gone Jack Manson by sub in round two. Ooh, um different I, I kind of slept on Jack Hermanson. He's one win this year was a very quick submission, a very, very slick submission over Kelvin Gastelum, who I rate quite highly in the middleweight division. He got TKO'd before that by Jared Cannonier, but before that, he had a solid um, decision victory over Jacare Souza. So I think, obviously, Marvin Vittori is an up-and-coming... He's got a lot of submission skills as well, but I do think that Jackmanson brings an aggressiveness and a gameness to his fights. Um, I was actually banking on Stoney taking Vittori... I thought that uh, Stoney's maybe, dis oh, not dislike, but less adulation for Israel Adesanya might have taken him to go Marvin Vittori, who had a very competitive fight against Israel Adesanya. Um, but alas, Jackamenson, so I've just got to hope that the sub comes in round two rather than round three.
1: Good luck. Thank you. Uh, I'm going to take Vittori. So Vittori's opened up his favourite too. a dollar seventy favourite. I think it's Vittori's first five-round fight of his career too. He wouldn't have been... Headline fighting before, wouldn't he? No, and there was a three, and he's on a three fight win streak, so this would be if you put this be massive for his crew actually. Now, think about it. Main event can take out Hamasin. What do I like for it? I might, I like these one week notice fights, yeah. I think that might upset him. So, Vittori round two TKO. How's
0: that look out? I was going to tip firmly against. Uh, deal for every single thing this week. Oh, but yeah. then I figured out I could only get nine points if he got zero. <laughs> so it doesn't even count. No, it doesn't no. even matter. Is this our last show? Second last one for the year. Oh, so I could. Second last show. Well, on that tip, not going who I was originally <laughs> going then. Massive <laughs> for Snags. I'm going to go a round. I'm going to go decision. Nice. Okay. And the, the ploy here for Snags is if I get everyone right that deal gets wrong mm-hmm. and get the bonus point, mm-hmm. I'll be... Within one point of not coming last, leading into the last one. Strategic play from Snags from now
1: on. Or you could be nineteen down. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yep, I could also be nineteen down. Yeah.
1: The DL's <laughs> got to go
2: O from six on this card, <laughs> and you've got to get go six from six and get the the three bonus points. Yep, That's yeah. I
0: didn't think of the didn't think of the down <laughs> on that one deal. Unfortunately, I like
1: your positiveness. <laughs> That's why we like you. Yeah. <laughs> Should we move I, into UFC 256, that man? Yeah,
2: mate. I'm I'm thrown by that logic. <laughs> but let's. Uh, I think
1: I think it's I think it's stunning. I think it's. I just fantastic. love that he never thought of the downside of no. it. He was always about the positives. It's all about mate, the positives.
0: Know, I love those stacks, man. He doesn't really think about the downside. No, no, he no negativity. He let's go.
2: The, let's go. It. <laughs> so heading into UFC 256, we start in the lightweight division with Renato Moicano versus Rafael Faziv. Only one of Moicano's first 14 fights ended in the first round. Three of his next four then ended before the first bell sounded, with the last two taking place in under a minute each. Now, he was on the receiving end of a sub-minute knockout, and he also managed to score a sub-minute knockout as well. So um, he, he seems to have significantly increased his pace in recent years. The Stoney
1: uh, is taking Moicano. Okay,
2: interesting. Uh, I've gone Rafael Fiziev. I actually believe it's Rafael Fiziev, and my my reason is is I think the guys are evenly matched in this fight. But Moicano tested positive for COVID two days ago, and he the fight's been moved a fortnight back to allow him to recover. He may be one of those people who display no sim uh, no symptoms or anything like that, but the long term health effect, especially in MMA fighters where cardio is a significant thing. I don't see overcoming a respiratory illness, cutting weight, and then engaging in a fight against someone as talented as Rafael Fiziev. Um, I don't see that necessarily playing in his favor. Um, Rafael Fiziev, I mentioned it before we jumped on. He has a habit of of Matrix style neo dodging kicks, and I love watching this guy compete. Um, and I do think that he takes it to Anato Moicano in this fun. Do we have a stat for people coming off a positive COVID test? There's, there's not many that have returned. I actually, for the, um, the, the stat about Hermanson and Vittori, because their main event had been shuffled around, I actually tried to grab a list of all the fighters and trainers who had um, tested positive, and there is actually a fair few who have since gone on to fight, um, but I didn't grab that stat. But I might have a look into it and start digging through
1: be interesting. We've got interesting. A,
2: one of the fights upcoming on this main card is a fighter who tested positive earlier in the year as well. There Jacare Souza. That's another fight.
1: I might take for Z on that that breakdown of your stat man because what I actually originally thought I was going to take Mikano cuz he's a super efficient fighter on the ground. He is. Um they both really 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 love their hands though. So I'm going to take for Z. Like I watched that 58 second KO. That was huge. So maybe he might see something similar if he's a little bit weak and not not coming in as strong as he would. He might be a little bit lax in round one. He might catch him. So like he's
2: only he's only lost to guns Moicano. Like he's yeah. only lost. I think it's Ortega, Korean Zombie, and Jose Aldo. Mm. Uh,
1: that's
2: pretty. That's a pretty nice record. But I just think, yeah, I, you just have to wonder how he's going to
1: pull yeah. up. Yeah, it's hard. Look at Garbrandt. Yeah, like, mate, he's struggling to recover from COVID.
0: Struggling.
1: So, yeah, I'm going to take Faziz.
0: right, well, I'm struggling to stick with my uh, projected game plan here, so I think I'm going to waver. (laughs) On fight two. (laughs) Yeah, and I'm going to pick Makano because I'm not wavering, boys. I'm taking DL down, baby. Oh,
1: good job. So, uh,
0: mate, I think he's going to get the W. When you think about a good fight coming up, by the way, um, without Snags' tip, I think it'll be a a doozy fight for us to watch. Hopefully some Matrix-style stuff and the boys throw some hands and Snags gets a W.
2: Perfect. Heading into the heavyweights, Junior Dos Santos versus Cyril Gahn. Junior Dos Santos last fought three times in one year in 2010, going 3-0. With a loss to Garn, Dos Santos would be 0-3 in 2020. Obviously, time has not necessarily been too kind to Junior Dos Santos, uh, but without saying too much more, I'll let I'll let uh, DL run through Stony's picks.
1: Okay, Stony's pick for this one. He's got a little message about this one. It says, "I can't not pick my boy JDS. Too much man love to go against the old fella JDS to beat Gain."
2: Um, this is actually very disheartening to hear because I'm also going JDS. I thought that this might be um, the the fight that I could squeeze ahead. I did think that. Look, especially looking at the odds for this one um, and looking at both of these fighters' current form, I did think that I'd be the lone holder going Junior Santos. I think Gand is like a a gun fighter. I think that he's he's got a tremendous future in the heavyweight division. He's young for the division at 30 and he's 6 and 0 at the moment. I just think that a 6-0 fighter should not be going up against a, a former heavyweight champion with 30 professional fights. I, I, I was actually really, really pleased with how the UFC were treating uh Cyril Gain Gain or Garn. I didn't listen to this one beforehand by um how they were treating his development. They were feeding him uh guys with complementary skills to him and, and guys who can get his um, his ring time up. And then suddenly, due to a significant amount of Fights falling through for Garn Suddenly he ends up with Junior Dos Santos On the tail end of his career, yes But still someone who has been in there Against the best of the best in the heavyweight division um, So for this one I am desperately hoping That Junior Dos Santos will be able to pull it out Of his current three-fight TKO skid uh, And be able to show the world um, That he still has some fight left
1: in him I think this is a quick one. I think Garn's going to get this done super quick. And then I've got some concerns for JDS moving forward. Uh, if this ends up in a first-round knockout has to, or has even, to retire. even has to retire. any knockout, any knockout, if he gets yeah. done that quickly in any round, I've got concerns for JDS moving forward. And, and you've seen um, how brutal Dana's been lately about fighters going past their prime, but the UFC still paying them to fight. So um, Garn for me.
0: Well, oh, Snags is staying true to his word, boys, as he usually does. Uh, JDS for Snags. I'll be going unwittingly with Stony this uh, this fortnight, which absolutely appalls me, to be honest. <laughs> I feel disgusted in myself for it, but I also feel like my pulley in terms of scaling back some wins as I aim to take down DL, as I have done this week in fantasy football. Uh, so JDS uh, for Snags.
2: Perfect. Heading into the middleweight division, we've got Kevin Holland, Versus Jacare Souza. Kevin Holland will become the ninth fighter to record five UFC fights in a calendar year. And with a win in this one, we'll join Roger Huerta and Neil Magny for fighters who have recorded a perfect 5-0 year. The first time
1: since 2014. Stoney has gone... Should keep the message open so it actually doesn't disappear. What?
2: I <laughs> thought you were just being suspenseful, man.
0: No, it's the same. I was getting wild up same. over it. No, no. Kevin Holland. There you go.
2: Cool. Um, I've gone. I've gone against it. I've gone Jacare Souza in this one. Um, I think that Jacare still has uh, still has some fight left in the tank. I think th- I see this one kind of similar to the junior Center of Cyril Garn fight. I do think that Kevin Holland is good. He might not actually have the same kind of ceiling that Cyril Garn has in their respective divisions, um, but I think Kevin Holland is a is a decently positioned prospect in the middleweight division. Uh, I think that Jacare Souza now is probably still a bit too much for him. Um, he's, he's, he's not the same fighter that he was two, three years ago, um, but I do think that he probably has enough still left in the tank, enough wiles, enough submission skills to be able to uh, keep Kevin Holland at bay. This is the man who took the the light heavyweight champion to a split decision in their most recent fight, Jacare Souza. Um, so I, I do think that Jacare Souza still has enough in the tank to get this one done.
1: I have got Kevin Holland without a doubt. This would take him to like his fifth victory in 2020, which would be crazy in this year. Um, so he's done an absolute tear. So I think he'll get it done. What I really, really loved is him talking absolute trash to Izzy Yeah. Um, after that <laughs> win was awesome. Um, and Izzy's doing the whole crazy symbol on his head when he was going past it. it was so good. Uh, I love the call out. Um, I don't think Izzy was that fussed about him whatsoever, not even on his radar. But Kevin Holland, love what you're doing, mate. Let's get victory number five.
0: Uh, look, I'm firmly disappointed that you've gone Kevin Holland because that was actually my picks. Well, well, you're so you uh, have to change your pick. Thanks for stealing that one from me, but I'll stick to my plan. Uh, from a non-pick perspective, DL, I would say Kevin Holland's probably going to get done, but from an official pick from Snags, Jack Ray Sousa, I'm going to go with the stat man just to continue on the ploy, but uh, let's hope it pays off. If I'm down by 16 points, <laughs> I will <laughs> wrestle a bear. Oh, cool.
2: Mate, you've made you've made some crazy promises before, and <laughs> yeah. every time you make a crazy promise, I swear it comes back to bite you on the ass. I swear, every time you make a a ridiculous assertion like that, it ends up it ends up being that you lose that
1: bet.
0: Yeah, well, that was an actual bet. No one agreed to it, so we'll just move All on. Right, fair it. enough. We might
1: jump into some breaking news. Breaking news. With Statman. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> Thank you I'm for that high production value edit of the the Stoney interview. Yes, this is the stat, man. <laughs> um, Stoney obviously needed a little bit more time to research and, and eke out these picks tonight. So I've taken the mantle for the breaking news. I've actually got two pieces of hard-hitting breaking news. Um, on the back of Anthony Smith's victory uh, on the weekend, I was quite surprised I tweeted out to the boys um, it was actually his 7th straight headlining feature um, on the weekend which is absolutely insane the more surprising breaking news that I have is be prepared for him to go 8th straight the promotion is eyeing a February return for Anthony Smith in a headlining spot against Australia's own Jimmy Crute boys do we have some thoughts on
1: that one yeah, my thoughts, some... Jimmy Crute's an absolute beast and I love that. Yeah. Anthony Smith getting an eighth headlining fight. It's, it's insane.
0: Crazy. I think the, my thoughts were mine and Deal's exact same reaction as you were <laughs> telling the stat was basically identical. Yeah. And, then, uh, mate, Jimmy Cru is no no small fish to fry. That boy mm. is on an absolute tear. One of the podcast favourites too. And, Absolutely. Uh, mate, I look forward to seeing him get in the main event slot, that's for sure.
2: Uh, Jimmy Crude, I believe, is like twenty-four years old, which is just Ridiculous. mind-boggling to me, especially in a division which favors like which which does have a lot of the older statesmen in it. I remember John Jones coming in and clearing house when he was twenty-three, and a lot of the guys he fought were in that mid thirty range and and, and up. And that seems to be the case where Jimmy Crute now finds himself is he is the young gun in the division. He is tearing his way through 12-1 and one in the division. Really, really excited. And honestly, like uh, Anthony Smith did surprise me. He still had some gas in the tank on the weekend. But I, th- I think that, that fight plays nicely into Jimmy Crute's hands.
1: Let's wow. jump into our main and co-main.
2: Perfect. Co-main event in our lightweight division Tony Ferguson versus Charles Dobronks Oliveira. With a finish in this fight, Charles Oliveira will join Anderson Silva for the most consecutive finishes in the UFC. He is sitting atop a ridiculous 7 straight finishes and he holds the highest finish ratio in the UFC for all fighters with 10 plus fights with a 94% finish rate. He's only 31 years old and has 26 UFC fights and only two have made it to the judges' scorecard.
1: Stony has gone Tony to... Oh, so he's gone Tony TKO round three. That is Stamme. exactly
2: my pick, round three TKO. Um, my, my theory going into this is I... I pretty consistently undersell Charles Oliveira. He always surprised me. I think back to early Charles Oliveira where um, he wilted under pressure. Um, a lot of his fights had weird mental lapses, and um, or like he 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 dropped from the first body shot in a fight, or he'd seemingly hurt his foot and then not be able to continue. Um, weird mental lapses that have been decidedly absent. So I made the point in this fight to overlook those six, seven year old transgressions and focus on Charles Oliveira as he is now, and perhaps Tony Ferguson where he is now. Um, So the big question mark for me is Tony Ferguson, is he past his prime or was Justin Gaethje fight an anomaly? I'm leaning towards it was an anomaly. I don't think Ferguson has too many years or fights left in him, but I do think that he still retains the skill and the danger in this fight to be able to get it done. I see him piling on pressure, taking some good Muay Thai from Charles Oliveira uh, before pouring on the pressure for a TKO in round three.
1: Man, Tony loves putting himself in front of absolute weapons. Oliveira is no different. Um, when I was planning for some content for next week, I came across an article on essentiallysport.com that just read the title of the article was The Time Has Come and it was about mm. Charles Oliveira. Uh, both high-level black belt jiu-jitsu guys, I'd love to see this on the ground, but I doubt that's even going to happen. So I think the guys will fall in love with their fists and look to knock each other out. But I think it's going to go a little bit longer, but I still think it's Tony third round at TKO. Question for the boys real quick. Do you think Ferguson would have gone, got a little bit closer to Khabib than Gaethje did?
0: Oh, I don't know. Totally. Do. Oh, yeah, not really... it's, it's two oh, different yeah. fighters, eh? I
1: think Tony
2: Ferguson's, uh, despite a lot of the talk going into the Gaethje-Khabib fight, Being about Gaethje's scramble ability I do think that Tony Ferguson's MMA scrambling ability Might be above where Justin Gaethje's is Um, And I think that a really really High scramble game is Really important when you come up against um, Khabib Uh, I don't think that Ferguson would have necessarily been afraid Of the takedown as well, I think he attacks Much better off his back And I do think that his cardio When wrestling and grappling is much Stronger than Justin Gaethje's Oh, I, th- I think that Tony Ferguson probably would have presented a more versatile challenge to Khabib. I don't think the result would have ended up being any different. Um, I think it might be a triangle situation where Justin Gaethje is clearly better than Tony Ferguson. Khabib is clearly better than Justin Gaethje. And not that Ferguson's better than Khabib, but Ferguson's probably a stronger challenge than Gaethje was
1: for Khabib.
0: Yeah, it's situational. Yeah. yeah. I was just going to say you had a better gas tank, but yeah, <laughs> I'll leave it to step in.
1: You're going to get that detail. Holy dooly. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry Snags. Your tip. Whose tip mine?
0: Oh yeah, that's right. Uh look, obviously, wanted to go Tony Ferguson, but I'm not allowed to now, so I'm going to go uh Charles, my boy Charles. And I think he's going to get it done via Oh, let's just stick to the theme boys. I'm going to go third round TKO as well.
2: I don't think Charles Oliveira is a bad tip in this one. I don't think I don't think that it's like outside the realm of possibility that he catches uh, catches Ferguson, either the Gaethje fight wore down Tony Ferguson's chin or Charles Oliveira's submission game is next to none in the lightweight division. So I don't think you've got a bad pick there.
0: I appreciate your uh, your feedback and your support. <laughs> no worries. If you don't think I had a bad pick, you should have wavered and gone him as well. <laughs>
2: <laughs> How about we move on to the flightweight title?
1: <laughs> it's
2: time! That's right, boys and girls. Exactly one pay-per-view after the last time the flyweight title was defended. We have another flyweight championship bout between Davison and Figueredo and Brianna Marino. Great stuff. Great stuff. This fight will be the quickest turnaround for a champion in history by far. The current title is held by both Ronda Rousey and Matt Hughes at 56 days between fights. This fight will take place 21 days after Figueroa's previous defense. It also marks the quickest turnaround for a title challenger as well, the previous holder being Derek Lewis backing up in 28 days against Daniel Cormier. So a lot of the props are obviously going to Davison Figueroa, um, but Brenda Marino, equally impressive turnaround time to take on the dangerous champion.
1: Stoney has tipped for this one. Figueredo TKO, round two.
2: I'm sticking with my pick from the last fight that Davis and Figueroa went. I'm going round one TKO in this fight. I don't think Davis and Figueroa's style lends himself to long drawn out battles. Um, Brandon Marino also incredibly game opponent. Um, I I feel bad picking a round one TKO. I was pretty confident with Figueroa against Alex Perez. And I don't necessarily think that Brandon Marino has no avenue to victory. I just think that Davis and Figueroa is is so legit in the flyweight division. My big concern in this one, we know that Figueiredo has had issues making weight in the past. He lost out on earning the championship for his first fight against Joseph Benavides due to missing weight. Um, and this is a 21 day turnaround, which is brutal, especially because Davison Figueiredo is clearly a big flyweight. My big prediction for this fight is that it is a very, very difficult cut which could see it come down uh, in Bruno Marino's favour a little bit more. But I am taking Davison Figueroa, round one TKO. I think he gets it out there before the cardio issues become apparent.
1: I'm also going to do round one TKO. I think the man is super dialed in and he's ready to roll. I think the weight cut, I think he's probably learnt from the last one that he missed because I didn't hear it. Did he have much trouble in this nah. last one? He, lo- he looked
2: really good for Alex Perez. Yeah. Um, he looked he looked. He looked much, much more controlled on the scale, everything like that. It's more the turnaround that I'm a little concerned about. Because,
1: because he missed weight for the first Benedez fight, yeah? yeah,
2: yeah, and then made he, it he made, the second, weight nice made, and made easy it for, for the second, made it for the next second one. Benavidez fight, yeah, and then it clearly made weight for Perez. Um, yeah. So I, I think with a full camp, I, I I would I would put to rest my worries about Figueroa. That 21 day turnaround though is is insane.
1: God, he's gonna look massive against Brandon. Gonna be huge man. Brendan's a
2: tiny flyweight. Uh yeah, he's he, he might actually benefit from like the uh the strawweight division coming in to yeah. to M- man, male M M A.
0: Well, boys, that is not great for snacks. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm picking a loser here. <laughs> Nineteen down, strong.
1: Nineteen so down. What I
0: said at the start of the podcast <laughs> is I'm gonna pick uh, Brendan Moreno. And uh, I'm gonna pick him via what I'm super confident in. <laughs> Round two, no, I'm not gonna do that. Round two, Tika, I'm gonna do that. Fuck it. Who would have thought? Uh, so, boys, that's Snacks hot tips. If you're listening along on the podcast, this fortnight, please do not put a multi on for my tips. And uh, wish myself the best of luck. <laughs> this could be, by the way, the biggest comeback in MMA history if this this comes to fruition, boys.
2: That and would be that. that would be absolutely
1: incredible. It would be... Fruition
0: or fruition, one of the two, as long as it comes to something.
1: (laughs) Well, boys, that rounds out our predictions for UFC 256. We might move into a little run-it-back punners club. Boys, there was no punners club on the last episode to reflect on. But we did miss a podcast, so we do have the results from episode 36, which unfortunately we didn't win. The previous one we banked 130, uh, so there's still 130 in the bank. That's all
0: right. What did we lose on the last one? The
1: so we had NFL games at the end of Yeah, course. episode 36 we had Seattle Seahawks, uh, Crystal Palace, Minnesota Vikings and Washington, and both
0: Minnesota Vikings and Washington lost. Oh, oh that was my pick. That was your and pick. And mine. That's all right. Minnesota were like hot favourites for that too. Yeah, I can't really remember.
1: Oh. Anyway, this week's on the Punters Club. The boys had a a pretty good weekend on the punt. We oh. we had a good small bat run.
0: <laughs> pretty good. Stop it. We were on absolute tear. Eight straight uh,
1: games. Eight straight. We did break our rule because we we're supposed to pull the cash out at game seven. Uh, we pushed on to game eight. Did make Always me sweat fine. a little
2: bit? I was I was I was not holding super firm. I was sweating. Yeah.
1: <laughs> we had a dollar twenty two. Favorite, uh, we thought we'd hit game seven. We don't usually go that short, no. But we thought if we roll game seven, then we'll do a cheeky game eight just to get that money rolling in.
0: Couldn't Game game eight go for five five sets as yeah. well. Five yeah, uh, uh,
1: really cool. game. I can't think they both went five sets. Yeah. Oh, it was fucking,
0: fucking awful It was awful I have honestly We haven't had a small bat And run in a while Yeah it was And I, my heart rate had not oh. peaked that much At looking at numbers Go up <laughs> on the screen for, for quite some time I
2: felt physically ill uh, With game 7 Going down the, the wire And then all the boys In the chat were like Want to do another game I was like Are you <laughs> kidding me
0: We were on an Absolutely We were just dialed in weren't yeah, we The fund managers Were dialed in yeah, we're good. To the T And uh, we just Couldn't be better I reckon we could have gone 10 yeah. just put it out there.
1: Definitely don't think we could. I'm glad
0: we, yeah, I I we glad we didn't reckon we could have. we didn't.
1: All right. This week if it's multi, I might kick it off. So this week's ten dollar investor is the stat man. come on down. I can definitely do this. Leg one. Stat man, do you have an app or something up? So I do. Yeah, I'm, I'm ready to go, man. All right, perfect. So leg one, I'm actually going to take uh an international twenty twenty match. Uh, I've really liked Australia's form in the fifty-over matches so far. They've really India has not been
2: nah, it's been uh, great,
1: great with the ball, but they've been pretty good with the bat. I suppose they've they've given them a chase, but Australia is in form, so I might take Australia at a dollar seventy-five. That matches on Friday, so it'll Beautiful. be a day after the podcast drops. Thank you. Do you have Stony? Stony, I do. Stony has gone for Old Faithful, so he's taken what? Crystal Palace. But, so he's
0: going to get the Dolphins.
1: No, no. Oh, yeah. He either does the Dolphins or Crystal Palace. But he's taking Crystal Palace for the draw, and they Ooh, are okay. yeah. So they're playing. Let me just see. Crystal playing playing West Brom. Yeah, I can see that. Three dollars twenty for the draw. That is it. West Brom and Crystal Palace to draw. Three dollars twenty. Perfect. That um, man.
2: I've actually I've actually followed your lead there, DL. I've gone nice. the twenty twenty as well, but I've gone. Um, I've gone local. I've gone national 2020. I've gone the Sydney Sixers over the oh, Hobart Hurricanes at a dollar sixty seven. big bash. Nice. A
0: little big it's bash. That's a local man. one start? What's that, sorry? What do you mean? Has it started already?
2: Uh, that, that one is on next Thursday, I believe. So I think they yeah, but it like next the week. isn't that like the
0: season opener? Oh, next week. Yeah, they start week. next week. Nice. Well, boys, Snags going to the world of uh, American football, but we're going to go to the world of college football. Yeah. I didn't see much much value in the NFL market. I was a bit nervous going in there, so I'm actually going to go one that's tight to the line, boys. I'm going to go Nebraska uh, to uh, to beat Peru, Purdue. Sorry, I always say it wrong. Purdue. Um, so Nebraska's paying a dollar ninety three. Uh, Purdue's paying dollar eighty three. So we're going the small outsider, but uh, I think Nebraska's going to get it done.
2: Perfect, boys. So that ten dollar bet on there. Uh, it comes to 18 dollars four, but I can actually power play that to $20.60. Let's go. So we're looking at a $206 return. Let's um, go. I will lock that in now so we are locked in for that those odds there.
0: Have we got any rules around like what we're going to do once we're up to like ten grand?
2: <laughs> bet it all on Ukrainian table tennis. <laughs>
0: oh. Yeah, just have a small bet run. Imagine that We got <laughs> capped At like a grand bet Last week didn't we? Uh, 1, I
2: think the cap Was our winnings At 1,500 Yeah
0: oh, was it?
1: Yeah. yeah We ended up Total Total winnings It was 1,700 bucks So Yeah Not
0: too 20, bad not, not too bad For 20 bucks in
1: Not too bad Anyway boys That rounds out Our podcast And wraps up Episode 38 If you like what we're doing Hit us up On all our socials Please like Share Comment Or subscribe To the podcast Also on YouTube And all podcast platforms if you'd like to support the podcast, you can jump onto one of our supporter tees. You can follow the link in our bio. These not only make you look slick, they'll continue to help us grow the podcast and deliver you even better content. That is us for episode 38, boys. I'm a producer, DL.
0: I am a New Zealand bestseller, Sugar Snacks.
1: And I'm the Stat Man. And we'll run a- it. Stoney. <laughs> Stoney. So we'll- and we'll run it back with you all on the next Run It Back podcast.
0: Thanks, boys. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that I mean, is honestly Stoney. picture perfect, Stoney. I-, I thought he was right here. I don't think his voice is no, that nice.
0: on Mimmy <laughs> <laughs> <Met> me Mansion. <laughs>
1: Yeah. <laughs>